0: listening to Rogue Table Talks. Here's Mike. And we are back with you. Rogue Table Talks. Number 119. Mm -hmm. 119. That's over two years. That is more than two years worth of episodes. We've been doing this since um was it
1: may of 2019 19? maybe yeah may yeah. 2019 started off back in the warehouse yeah. at Calvary. back in the warehouse yep
0: uh and now we are <laughs> remote and in fact you're having a little connectivity problem so you turned your camera off in okay, case so you're watching uh on the youtube um but it's rogue table talks you can check out our channel on youtube or you can subscribe uh, or visit us on roguetabletalks.com. Uh, we are going to... I think this is the last one another we're going to talk about. Um, there, there are others, but uh, uh, it's, an, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, and we're going to talk about praying for one another. Uh, and I kind of want to dive in with this um, uh, you know—a ad- exploration, a uh, meditation on prayer itself and you know it it seems weirdish kind of it's you know it's 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 such a normal and accepted part of the christian life that i don't know if we ever pause to you know uh sort of think about the mystery of it because there's sort of a mystery there the paradox of it this you know the strangeness of it um At least that's my sense. Do you have a sense that prayer is, uh, there's a a mystery or a weirdness or a strangeness or a paradox to it?
1: What do you think? I mean, yeah, definitely mystery. Um, I I don't think anyone really knows for certain, you know, practically how it works. And I think there's, you know, probably two errors to make in the realm of prayer and this, I don't know if that's helpful, but, um, on the one side, you know, a high, maybe an overly high view of God's sovereignty and activity and, um, you know, governing in the world. And you don't pray because you just think everything's already going to happen according to his plan. Um, and that's an error. Prayer doesn't matter because, yeah, prayer doesn't matter. That's an error. Um, quite simply because you see commands to pray in the Bible and you see prayers, uh, prayed by covenant representatives, David and Moses. And you see prayers and Abraham and you see prayers. It looks like prayers, prayer can change situations or, you know, something's going to happen this way and then it goes that way. So, but then there's the other error, which is God doesn't move at all unless we pray and prayer can control all things. And, um prayer is used as a magic formula to control outcomes and really god is is used in those situations like a genie in a bottle so i think you know that was very brief but those are kind of two ends of the spectrum that that can get you into trouble yeah it's an
0: interesting because it so that's the part of the mystery and the paradox that we don't normally think about it is how prayer our prayer interacts you know the doctrine of God's sovereignty is bound up in prayer because what is my prayer doing that God wouldn't have already done? And there is a mystery there that God is sovereign, and yet prayer does move, it does change, it does make a difference that yeah. uh, in some way that we can't necessarily explain, perhaps, <clears throat> that you know God does listen to prayer, wants us to pray, uh, and even though he is sovereign that our prayer does make some sort of difference uh, and on the other I mean and I kind of want to come back to both of these things but uh and the other side of the bottle is sort of you know God is God goes from the sovereign king to the you know to the customer service department uh, and we're registering our list of <laughs> demands and requests and uh we're just shocked simply shocked if they all don't happen on our timetable uh and that's you know uh, another misunderstanding of god's sovereign he still is sovereign he still is the king he doesn't work for us he's not the customer representative department doesn't work that way uh and so if that's what prayer is if that's what you're if, that, if that's what our faith is then we're going to be mistaken uh and then we are we are mistaken. We're going to be disappointed. Um, so on to the uh, God of being sovereign part, and our prayer making a difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in some mysterious way, uh, it I, makes I, a difference I... somehow with, with God.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I you know, used to probably be a little overly reformed and I think I've balanced out a little bit. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I, I kind of helped me was the way we define God's sovereignty and to say that God is sovereign doesn't necessarily mean that he controls every minutia of, uh, the world in every detail and every day. Um, he's, he reigns over everything, but to say that God's sovereign means that he's free to do as he pleases and he's free to do as he pleases. But in that freedom, he binds himself to human activity. He binds himself to faith or doubt, uh, or prayer or non-prayer, or Jesus says, you know, I couldn't do a lot of miracles in this town because there was unbelief. Okay. And so he, he, he doesn't just run over people. Um, he works in and through the constraints that he, that he himself has set up and he humbles himself to work through those things. So to me, you know, God's sovereignty means he's free to do as he pleases, but he genuinely binds himself, um, to the constraints of creation. Now that doesn't mean, and that's, that's the normative way, I think, but that doesn't mean he doesn't transcend that in the sense of where you see miracles, uh, you see healings, you see God, uh, break his own, you know, rules, so to speak, of that's the normal way that God works, uh, but he can, he can also mm-hmm. go outside that if he wants to. He can raise somebody from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think part of that
0: is just there's a sense in which sovereignty for God uh, is different than than we can imagine it or, or understand, and in some ways we have to uh, understand it under the umbrella of faith, that God is sovereign, it, mm-hmm. means, it means this, it doesn't mean that, but sometimes it means things I can't totally understand. And I just have to take it by faith mm, yeah. uh, that God is sovereign and yet somehow I still have agency, that my choices still matter. Uh, and that my choice to pray matters and that my prayer, in addition to even influencing God's action in the world, my, my prayer influences me. It puts me in a, you know, one of the reasons God want me to pray is because it puts me in a stance that is more appropriate for me and living in this story, in this world, that I am in a dependent stance. And yet I have responsibility, I have choice, I have agency, but I'm dependent and I'm going to offer up my dependency to, to the king, um, that there's something about just that prayerful stance that is necessary for Christian life and faith. And that's sort of kind of like, what is, what good is it? You know, what good is prayer? Like, what good is it doing? Is it, if it doesn't, if God doesn't do exactly what I want, and if God, you know, what good is it? And part of the good is it, it, it is good for us to be people of prayer because it indicates something about our relationship to God to one another to ourselves to our story that is vital for living the Christian life and I don't think we appreciate like it isn't just like what good comes of it it's it's more than that it's the very act of prayer itself is
1: part of the good that comes from it does that make sense I think uh, yeah I think most of the time but the unchecked view of prayer Uh, is simply, I pray to control outcomes. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there's not elements of truth to that in the scriptures at all. It's not that there's not something around that for, you know, praying for God's favor or people to come to know Jesus or, you know, healing. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. Prayer, if I don't pray, I probably don't think I'm... Necessarily in need of someone stronger than me or wiser than me, um, I probably don't think I'm in need of forgiveness. Um, if I don't pray mm-hmm. at all, it to me it's indicative of I view my life and myself as pretty self-sufficient, autonomously functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's true. It, it prayer is a core component of being a follower and a disciple because it puts. It indicates and it puts you in a dependent state yeah and um, I think that
0: you know for that reason the you know the Lord's prayer is um, a daily you know pray this way and it's like daily bread it's God's will be done it's you know it's, it's his kingdom come so there's elements of it that is you know, daily need uh, that God's sovereign will be done, which seems a strange thing to pray for, but we're commanded to pray for it. That's part of the mystery, and that that kingdom come is something I want to come back to as well, because we pray within this 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 bigger story. Um, and I think there's a sense in which this rhythm of prayer you can't always. It's like any habit or rhythm. You can't point to one prayer necessarily or one workout or one meal, you know, healthy meal that, okay, that's the one that did this thing We're part yeah, of the right. rhythm is part of a changed life. Right. Uh, right. And God is working in that rhythm. Right. Uh, and I think that's the part where if we get that part, then we can have a lot of misunderstandings about prayer. But if I'm in this rhythm of dependence and telling God I want whatever he wants in the world to happen that's good for me whatever else it does uh, you know whatever however else I understand uh, in the world and I don't know that's yeah. where I don't I think for me one of my you know in in, gro- in in my spiritual growth is just the fact that even if I'm getting prayer wrong or even if I don't understand it all even mean whatever the fact that I still need to pray daily for my own spiritual development is something i don't think i grasped when i was younger um, so i don't know if that's you know to be a person of prayer is partly about the prayer but it's partly about becoming a different kind of person
1: i not if yep. that makes sense it's not one-dimensional right and, and that's what you're getting at there's the component of it being spiritually formative for our own lives, um, is key.
0: So let me talk about also, and I think this is another thing. And as, as I'm thinking about this, that you know, I've sort of come to realize, grown in, realized, am realizing, think we often get can get wrong. And I think it's important to say it's fine to pray for actual pressing needs pray for someone to be healed pray for job interview to pray for you know whatever uh and we see those prayers definitely uh but also if you look at a lot of the prayers uh you know paul um you know first timothy two, pray for basically leaders political leaders so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life and so that people can be saved, so that the mission of God goes forward. Um, you know, Colossians four, pray that God's going to open a door, so that you know the mission of God can go forward. Uh, Philippians one, you know, pray for. I know I'm going to be delivered. As you pray for me, pray for my deliverance. Whether my deliverance is death, my deliverance then to the, to being with with God, or to further mission going forward. Um, you know, Jesus, pray for your enemies so that you'll be like God. Um, you know, in, in tribulation and, uh, hard times, be constant in prayer. Um, and, you know, Jesus in John 17 prays for our unity, our sanctification, so that the world may see what God's people look like. And there's this. You know, uh praying that we will that God's bigger story will go forward, that God's mission will go forward, that our part of it will be faithful in, that He will preserve us so that uh, is a constant thread. <clears throat> and I think um, I don't know that we necessarily think of of that of prayer that often or if I used to anyway, where and and the prayers that i hear aren't aren't always this sense of you know that that god's kingdom come and his will be done that we are living in this bigger story that you know we are being god's people so that the world may see that you know in persecution we will bear up and have hope so that the mission goes forward and the world will see and um in other words, we're praying that we would be able to live out our part individually and collectively, so that we could exemplify God's mission, so that people come to. I you know I just don't know that that's the tenor of a lot of our prayers a lot of the time. And maybe that's just me. I don't know what you think of that, that notion.
1: Well, this is gonna this is gonna sound harsh. and I don't necessarily mean it like this, but well, I mean it like this. But I don't. I'm not trying to be condemning. I think. Um, if, when we pray shallow prayers, it's really indicative of um, potentially a shallow understanding of who God is and how humanity works and what he's about. Um, because there's, And there's nothing wrong with shallow prayers, as we're talking about. Like, like look, for instance, I pray that my kids would have a good day at school. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I've prayed that, but then I've thought about it, and I thought, well, what do I mean, good day at school? That everything would work out fine, they would be happy. Okay, there's nothing wrong with praying that, but at the same time, I want to pray that whatever happens to them at school, they might get hungry and thirsty for God. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. going to be a bad day at school, but it's going to make them spiritually dependent upon Jesus. And so for me, there's that let's push a little further and pray some more nuanced prayers, more deep prayers. I think that's what you're getting at. And that's what Paul says. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, he doesn't not pray for his freedom, right? He prays for his freedom. Uh, you know, pray that I'd be set free. But at the same time, if I'm not, I pray that I would honor God in this prison and die a death worthy of Christ. So it's, it's just, do our prayers go far enough down the road? to say I pray me and my wife would have a great marriage okay but what else I pray we would have a spiritually Mm -hmm. deep marriage or an intimate or a marriage on mission like do we go do we keep pressing further down the road because all those prayers are good I just think what we're getting at is keep praying further go a little bit further and pray with some depth and nuance and you know uh, what is what does God want from this does he just want me to be all my circumstances to work out I mean, never to have to worry about, um, you know, our 401k or are my kids going to get ill. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't think so, Um, because if that's the case, then I'm just using prayer to become an independent person. And as you've stated, we've come full circle. That's not the point. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's completely right. And, you know, you see if you look in the Psalms, you see some pretty. You know, God, I'm mad at those people. I think they're bad people. They really mm-hmm. hurt me. I want mm-hmm. bad things to happen to them. But yeah. I, I leave it in your hands, you know? So, um, and that's sort of, you know, one of the things that, as I've thought about this, I mean, so, you know, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, as Jesus says. And, you know, what I really value at some level probably comes out in my prayers or what, you know, what rises to the level of me praying about it might indicate some level of value on it, which might be another reason that we are to pray daily and that we're praying for that God's kingdom comes. Um, Because I think it's true as I've reflected that what I'm praying about is an indication of where my heart is, what I'm thinking about, where my affections are, where my passions are. Uh, And if you look and see some of the prayers we just looked at were Paul or from Jesus, their prayers are indicating what I really want is God's mission to go forward. What I really want is the world to see, a unified church. What I really want is this, and that's what I'm praying for. And so my prayer can modify my desire, and my desire is reflected in my prayer. And it could be that if all I... Pray are kind of surfacey things that that's an indication, that's a that's a flashing red light of my own spiritual sense. Not that praying immediate need things are bad, but if that's all I'm praying about, it might be
1: an indication that's all I'm
0: worried about.
1: Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. That that's good. All right, if all if that's all I'm praying about, that's all I'm worried about. And again, you know, I I understand it um, people in other countries and other parts of the world, they also pray for their houses to be sold. Like we get that. That's normal. We all, we all get this. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. But at the same time, do all of my prayers simply reflect kind of a Western view of, I don't want anything to go wrong because if it goes wrong, it means I have to suffer or have stress or pain. And that's, that's what my prayers focus on. Yeah. It
0: makes me think, and this is, um, you know, it, it's somewhat extreme example of what you just said. There's that, uh, uh, this manifesto that this Chinese pastor, um, put out, uh, if, you know, should he ever be arrested or to disappear for 48 hours? This is what he wanted to say to his church. Uh, and he was, uh, uh arrested. Uh, and one of the things he says in there is, that he's not trying to change the oppressive political situation in China. Uh, hmm. And, you know, that's not what he's called to do. He's called to point to this other world and live out this other world in the midst of this oppression. And and, and you'd also see that in the, in the New Testament that they're they're not necessarily praying for the Roman Empire to change. Now the Roman Empire changed because the mission of God went forward. But, you know, what he said was, that if people, what he's praying for is that people in this difficult situation would see that Christ is the only answer. I mean, that's, I'm paraphrasing. But that God would use this difficult, political, oppressive situation so that people would look at their lives in despair of meaning outside of Christ. And I thought, wow, that's a very not American thing to pray for. Mm-hmm. You know, on so many levels that I wouldn't even think it's not that I wouldn't pray that. I wouldn't even necessarily. I mean, I wouldn't think about it that way. And yet,
1: well, I think his um, might have context. To learn okay. from him. That's What's right, said, and I think his context, his context helps him pray that type of prayer, and we come from a different cultural context where we would say well we're kind of used to voting and if something is corrupt we can change it and we can fix that and get a different person in power and he's not used to that <laughs> so and neither were the christians under rome so there wasn't this big push to overthrow the empire you know they they you know kill babies and we that has to stop i mean obviously the christians did have a different value system but it wasn't about overthrowing the corrupt government it was about living out the light in the middle of this corrupt government their prayers weren't necessarily focused on you know we got to get a different person up there in authority they didn't have that choice so i do think yes his context determines that and at the same time we have a lot to learn from that of how much energy do we focus on changing others or changing the situation when the way I typically understand prayer is mostly God wants to change me and I can't do a whole lot to change other people or circumstances. Um, but I, so I think there's something there to learn from him for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, 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 you know, we do have a duty and a responsibility as citizens. And I think at some point we yeah. might get confused and think, um, so that means we're responsible for everything happening in the nation, where you know he knows the government's not going to change apart from some movement of God in China. Uh, just like the government didn't change in the Roman Empire apart from some movement of God, and you know, ironically, and not trying to change the empire and trying simply to have the mission of God go forward, they did change the empire because more and more people became Christians and Mm -hmm. actually changed. Uh, And, you know, there are certain things in our nation that won't change apart from the movement of God. And that's of course true. And yet somehow it seems hard for us to grasp that. And that comes to this sense of this balance of my agency, my responsibility, you know, my faithfulness to my call, you know, on the one hand, uh, and the fact that I have to to offer this up to God. And there's a sense in which I don't know how it's going to work out. I can't control how it's going to work out. Uh, I just need to be faithful in prayer and pray that God's kingdom comes, even though I don't see how that's possible, or even though, you know, it looks like, The world's going to hack in a handbasket, and Uh yet God is still sovereign, and I need to be faithful, and I'm going to stand before the Lord for, you know, my part of God's mission and what I'm responsible for. Uh, And prayer is intertwined with that in a way that I do think is, I mean, it's difficult for me to to parse that difference. It's difficult for, you know, what is my part and what is God's part, and where do I need to get busy? And where do I need to get busy and recognize I just need to, that's not, that's beyond my control and I have to live in dependence and prayer. I think it's difficult. I don't think we, and that's part of our struggle with prayer because I think it's this struggle with agency, sovereignty, dependence, action, you know, prayer, all kind of bound up in you know, a balance that we're called to, to maintain that I, I'm not sure I always do a very good job of, um, and so I don't always I don't pray as much as I should, and sometimes I don't pray uh, as off, yeah, as as about the things that I that I should. I don't the content of my prayer and the stance of it is sometimes self serving, perhaps. Um, uh, I don't know. So that's sort of a rambling rant about. What we talked about at the beginning, sort of the mystery of prayer and faithfulness in prayer. Uh, I don't know. What are your closing, or you know, what yeah, are some my my parting shots? <laughs> yes.
1: uh Well, I, the the concept of habits and spiritual disciplines is kind of in my mind because that's I'm preaching on that this coming weekend on a, a holy habit, and I think. One of the reasons we struggle to pray is we, we maybe wait for the desire, or wait for the impetus, or wait for the motivation. But prayer is in the category of spiritual discipline, has been for thousands of years. so, um, Which means you have to set a time, and a place, and a goal, and even if it's 10 minutes in the morning, or 10 minutes before bed, You do this, and and different people take different um, lengths of time to build, to form a habit. So it could take 18 days, it could take 200 days. Um, But I think if you say I should pray more, uh, there was this study done in Europe around exercise, and they had three groups, and one of the groups was just supposed to read information about it, motivational things about it, and they were all supposed to exercise like 20 minutes a day for three days a week for two weeks. And basically, the first group was just supposed to kind of be inspired, and the second group was had some other parameters, um, but the third group was you guys have to have a specific plan. Like Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., I will work out for 20 minutes. Friday morning at 6 a.m., And what they found was the first two groups, 20% of the people worked out three days a week for two weeks. And the last group, 90% of the people worked out for 20 minutes, three days a week for two weeks. And so it just goes to show if you, if we want to build a habit of prayer, that's to me, that's one of the first places to start with all this is you just get a plan. Okay. Tomorrow morning and don't take off. I'm going to pray for 30 minutes if you're not used to praying for 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to pray or right before I eat lunch at work, I'm going to take five minutes in my car and just reflect on the morning. Um, what are some very practical, accomplished, you know, easy, easy to accomplish um, goals for this is how I would like to build a habit of prayer. And then you don't even think about it. That's what a habit is, is your mind doesn't think about it. You just mm-hmm. start to do it. And it becomes ingrained in your schedule. So I would just say, you know, wherever you are, don't focus on where you're not. Just start where you are. What can you do to build a, a, ha- a habit or a culture of uh, prayer? Um, and just start there. Yeah, I think that's,
0: that's simple and brilliant. Um, that uh, we don't have to understand everything about prayer. We don't have to have all the theology of prayer down. We don't have to figure everything out. We just have to pray. Yeah. And so, how do you pray? Well, you plan to pray, and then you just pray. So, yeah, even if you start with, um, uh, I was actually I was listening to this other conversation. It was, a pod- it, was a, it was a podcast on something else, and it was two people. Obviously, not as good. Not <laughs> as good as this one. Obviously, sometimes I have to listen to other ones to realize how good we are. Um, <laughs> and uh, so basically one guy was sort of into mindfulness and, you know, had moved out in the country and this was sort of the, after their main topic and this other person whose podcast it was, was just sort of this kind of frantic in the news cycle person. And so how can I, you know, how can I be more mindful is kind of what she asks him. And, and he says, well, what do you, what's the first thing you do in the morning? And she goes, well, I grab my computer and I look at Twitter and, you know, look at my emails and whatever. Um, and, uh, and and he said, well, he spends an hour, you know, he doesn't do look at his phone or anything for the first hour. And she goes, well, maybe I should do that. I should start with, and he goes, don't start with that. 15 minutes. Start you know, First no. 15 minutes. Just don't have that be the first thing you do. Just go get a cup of coffee and sit quietly. Just mm-hmm. do that. And it's, you know, that's where I feel like, okay, when you, first thing you do in the morning or when you get your cup of coffee take two minutes and pray the lord's prayer or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something just just start praying and then you can become a person of prayer from there uh and if what we're saying is right that will connect you to god connect you to god's purposes it will form you it will enable you to pray more better later but you got to start uh, and it's the same thing about reading the Bible. It's the same thing. I just think part of us as Americans, like if we don't, if we're not doing it right, we don't want to do it. Um mm-hmm. I feel, I feel, um, I feel like, uh, you know, i I feel like I, I'm, I'm sort of failing at prayer. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in a yeah, way, like we, you're, we're failing at everything. We need God to pray better, uh, it's not up to you to go off and become a better prayer and then come back and present your prayers to God. Uh, and just start praying. And the other thing I think for me would be, uh, you know, pick a person a day uh, or pray for just start with your family. You know, when you talk about, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done, that you pray, you know, for daily bread, that you pray for blessing and favor for this person or someone, because the one another part of it is also ties us to other people. And if you just, I mean, that you, that, what we just said, I mean, it's five minutes. You could take five minutes, you know, a day. Pretty soon you're, you're praying pretty soon. You're a person of prayer and you know, it's not a contest. It's not a performance. You know, God doesn't despise small beginnings. And I don't even know. I'm not even sure that's small. Uh, and so that's, I guess, right? That's our encouragement that's good. Is that's great. just start. Uh, and that's where you, our agency enters in. Like, he won't make us start. So we do have a sense of, you have, we have to start. We have to decide and start praying for one another. And So with that, um, let's land the plane there. And let's um, take a step into becoming people of prayer or people of deeper prayer. Uh, and we can, uh, ask for God's grace, uh, as we move forward. So grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks. Be sure you're subscribed to our podcast, wherever you listen, and on our YouTube channel. Just search Rogue Table Talks.